Hello and welcome to episode number 300 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I am your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, we made it. We finally made it. No more of this, oh it's upcoming, oh we're only a few weeks away. I can actually say we've hit the big 300. Um, which is surreal, it's weird. There's no reason weird. to keep doing it. I know, that was like always the goal, right? Like we're going to have to just somehow figure out a way to keep going, I guess, because we've still got um, more Stranger Things to talk about after this one. Um, this is the problem. This is the problem. We have Stranger Things and we're on the cusp of Jordan Peele, so I guess I'm sticking around for a bit. Yeah, we may as well. Let's just keep going. Um, but yeah, we've obviously going to be discussing uh, the return of Stranger Things after nearly three years away. It's oh, finally it's here. Um, obviously not the whole season, season four, but most of it. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah, we'll get through all that good stuff shortly. Um, and yeah, later on we'll kind of go over, I guess, a few stats for our 300th episode. Um, we've got a little bit of feedback. Um, and we've also got an amazing giveaway. Um, so stay tuned oh, yeah. um, for that one. Because yeah, you can get your hands on some amazing Blu-rays from some of the literally the best movies that we've seen over the last two years. Um so yeah, you do not want to miss that one later on. Uh, but first, there's a little bit of news this week. Uh, this first one is uh, pretty fascinating um, and definitely worthy of such a momentous milestone episode. Ooh, um, I mean, because, I... yeah, like, well, basically Scream, it's been the year of Scream. Um, yeah, we've been covering it no end. Um, and I'm not remotely sick of it either. It's just that it's all interesting stuff. And, um, I'm not yeah, going to was... lie, I uh, rewatched Scream this week. Nice. I watched it a little while ago. Um, and I, I have I have very strong positive thoughts after rewatching it for a second. I really see. I I, I, we, 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 I guess we could get to it later, but I didn't Maybe. bring it up because I felt exactly the same. After you know, oh watch. man, yeah, I felt very different, very different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously we know Scream is returning next year, and we already talked about how there's like the four returning members from the new film um, mm-hmm. and Courtney Cox, um, and there was kind of up in the air about whether or not Nev Campbell was returning. Mm. Um, then there was kind of rumors circulating because she was at a festival um or like a con like a fan con and um, fans were asking her and she's basically saying like no i'm not returning so that kind of got picked up and people like oh is this true is she being misquoted so then she put out a statement um so yeah it's it's official and and i will read you the full statement now um it says sadly i will not be making the next scream film um She goes on to say, uh, as a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. Um, It's been a very difficult decision to move on. Uh, To my Scream fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me. I'm forever grateful to you and what this franchise has given me over the past 25 years. Um, Very short, very kind of difficult to take i guess like it's weird it's a weird one to um even say out loud um, yeah i i have a lot of thoughts on this one because there's so many different aspects to it like to unpack obviously her bringing up the fact that the reason why she's not returning is to do with money um yeah. is interesting and it's something that you don't see too often so i'm really glad that there's seemingly true honesty there um i guess what do you like what is your take on this i guess with nev campbell not returning more i guess more specifically a scream continuing without sydney prescott in any capacity for the obviously for the first time well i mean as you were reading that statement my my thoughts were yeah like Hmm. in terms of just 
this is how Sydney's journey comes to end, the end, a, a contract negotiation between Nev Campbell and, and a company. Mm. And I, I don't want to put blame on either party with that because, you know, I don't know what number she asked for. I didn't know what number they're offering her, like which, which party is being either greedy or tight one way or another, who knows. But it's just, that's a horrible way. The fact that, the filmmakers and the script clearly had Sydney in it in some capacity. Mm. Um, so that's incredibly frustrating. However, just watching, uh, you know, the um, scream this week, I'm like, I don't know if I need those legacy characters anymore. Mm. I feel like um, one of the things that I really uh, got, uh, got a, from the rewatch was that you know the whole sequel remake conversation that they're having and how these legacy characters and everything and just how it was having that conversation about it and i kind of felt like it fitted for that and i really think this scream would actually benefit from it almost being meta in itself talking about how it's not bringing back the legacy characters and i'd almost like gail just to be very much a you know, TV, you know, uh, just just doing a couple of, you know, she's a presenter on TV. And obviously, Kirby coming back doesn't feel like one of the big three legacy characters. No. So I'm kind of like, you know, I, I would be okay with that. And I kind of think, um, yeah, in terms of Scream, I, I'm not as devastated as I thought I would be with, with no, no Sydney. But actually, just hearing how this has come about, it's just it's a shame either way, you know. Whatever Nev has kind of put her worth of this movie on, like, you know, and, and then the fact that, that that can't be agreed, it's like, well, we just don't know anything. Like, we don't know what that actually means um, and, and who's being unfair. And, and, and ultimately, then we're not getting the movie that, that people wanted to make, which is a shame as well. Yeah, it's. I completely agree. I think in terms of the actual character stuff, first and foremost, um, I was a hundred percent in that place going into off the back of the last movie and in here and straight away that obviously we knew they'd get a sequel based upon how financially well the last film did. I was like, "Yep, do not want to see these legacy characters at all." Um, I think it was definitely still one of my biggest criticisms of this year's film is the use of Sydney. Um, stand by that on a rewatch. I'm like, she shouldn't have been in this film. Was to me as the lead of the last um, four. They didn't do a good good enough job of kind of treating her with the respect she deserved. She was just there for me to make up the numbers. Um, and so I think already, if you're just going to do that again, I have zero interest in that. I think you're absolutely right that the fact that this is going ahead and is out in nine months and pre-production's about to start, clearly scripts are already locked in and all that stuff. Like, this was clearly going to be a, another glorified cameo. And so I mm. think they clearly was like, okay, we probably paid her the right money for the first one because they had to sell to the audience scream is continuing without wes craven yeah i think to do that without nev campbell everyone says fuck you straight away whereas i think now they have so much goodwill in the bank um that they can get away with this and so i think everyone here is right and to bring it back to her statement like she's a hundred percent right in what she's saying when she's mm. saying like to me th this did not equate the value i have brought to this franchise now she is so important to this franchise this franchise doesn't exist without her so exactly. um, we see what a movie can do now without nev campbell in it you know uh when this movie comes out like will it be successful all the others were you yeah. know it's a franchise that spans 25 years it outlived wes craven with nev campbell in it like can the franchise now you know continue without her and still thrive who knows 
and that's the thing so i think she's 100 percent right being like well i've had this role in screen for so long and even though it might be a glorified cameo you're still getting me and you can still say i'm in the movie in some capacity so i think she's right and i also think again i'm you, you make a lot of assumptions of this but i think it's pretty easy to do and it's kind of like i don't think i'm vastly wrong here in saying that yeah she was going to be in the movie in a very small capacity they're not going to pay her like she's on screen for as much as you know general ortega was for example in mm. the most recent film so they're like well we're going to pay you this amount and and that's that and so i kind of get where both parties are coming from here i will say that it's it is like the first black mark on these new films now like going into the next one this is a shadow that's going to be hanging over it there will be certain fans that will never forgive this and that's fair enough i'm in the camp of i didn't want her to be in the movie anyway so in a weird way i've got what i wanted obviously i'm not happy with the way it's ended because like you say this is weird to me now of like oh yeah it's a financial dispute that's just us Hmm. as fans we never even want to think about that it's irrelevant to us it's irrelevant to fandom um we just want to enjoy these movies and so yeah it's it's murky i think they've done the right thing as well in the sense that this happened about a week ago and there hasn't been like any more mudslinging in terms of they haven't put out like a counter statement or anything like that they've just kind of let it go mm. and i think they could have gotten a really i think you know the, the kind of filmmakers that go by radio silence like if they would have put out their own statement being like well actually we think it was a great offer and she it'll be a shame that she's not in it i'd be like oh that's so that's such a bad look so i'm glad that they've kept quiet i'm glad she's said her piece i think now is the time to kind of celebrate nev and what she's given us over the five films and hopefully it won't still feel still feel as sore come next year um yeah yeah it's a fascinating one it's one that i really wasn't expecting to report on to be honest like i thought they would figure this out um i think it's one of those ones that you almost pay for this to not be a problem um because i do think this is a massive problem and i think it's only i don't think this will go away i think next year when it happens especially if courtney's in it i almost think that makes it even worse at this point um because you're like Courtney's in it and and she's not not. backtrack with with courtney at this point and just kind of you know because because even like you said the last movie you know Dewey makes sense because mm. he's so Woodsboro linked. And then with Dewey, he comes Gale. Yeah. Whereas Sydney is just like adjacent, you know, in this whole movie. And, and, you know, and so, you know, what is her, what is her tie to Woodsboro now and, and anything like what, why the hell would she ever come back there? She's got a family. Yeah. Like, not, to, not to go into too much, but we, we said that prior to the movie coming out where we, mm were like the writers and actually figured out the best thing where it's like okay if you go 100 by 100 by what the character sydney prescott would do there's only one thing that would make her return mm-hmm. they did that they can't do that again um so that's gone now and that's over and so yeah i guess that you just mentioned obviously talking about woodsboro and stuff that's interesting because there is a little small addendum to very important news actually regarding scream six um it's not set in Woodsboro, the next one. I was going to say, are we out of Woodsboro now? We're, we're, we're back into Scream 2, Scream 3 territory, are we? Yeah, well, we, we are apparently in New York City. Um, so yeah. in the form of kind of Jason Takes Manhattan, Ghostface is making his way there. <laughs> um, hopefully it won't all be set on a boat this time. Um, but yeah, obviously this isn't the first time, like you mentioned, like Scream 2 primarily took place in Windsor College in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't a first for the franchise, but it is it's a very different look now when you start okay there's no wes involved there's no kevin williamson there's no nev campbell there's no woodsboro it's like how many of these elements can you take away and it still be scream um yeah i gotta say i'm 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 way more nervous about the location than i am the lack of sydney 
I am as well. Um, because because in this world that we've currently created, this kind of you know, I really feel like the the stab movies are the mm. thing now that that is Scream, and it is you know the the fandom around stab movies. It's the it's the talk about sequels. It's the talk about uh, remakes. It's all of this talk about you know that we get in real life horror that is in stab, and it's kind of that world. You know, we had kind of um you know scream four we had kirby that was obsessed and we got to this point where you know when we when we finish scream three and stab three we're running parallel and suddenly when we get to scream four we're on like what stab seven or something something mental and and it's just you know the start (laughs) yeah and you know and it was just kind of hilarious and it worked so well and i think kind of for me that is what scream has become kind of this this real life well in in the world of scream this real mm. life murders coupled with the movie stab that have now become fiction as well and these bl- lines being blurred and i'm like okay that's cool like and and that's what i want to see a continuation of but i feel like that is very linked to woodsboro because then if you're in new york what why you're in new york like yeah, thing. it's like okay what so these four survivors have all randomly what gone on holiday to new york and kirby happens to be there and and um obviously yeah. um courtney cox's character which i've now for gail um obviously she's like just there as well doing tea like you know it is it yeah. is weird um i'm sure we'll talk about this more in the coming year like there's no yeah. way this is the last time scream is in the news um no we will never talk, talk, stop talking about scream that is no. that is for sure of course not. It's uh, we love it. Um, but yeah, next up, there's a few little smaller ones here. So basically, we've known about this one for a while. Um, obviously, Mike Flanagan's re- return this year. Um, flanny, flanny, flanny. It wouldn't be a year without Flanagan. No, it really like man. You talk about for episode three hundred and who's been like the most prolific. We really should have just had a section dedicated to this man. But um, here we go. <laughs> yeah, so it's the Midnight Club, um, which is like an adaptation of a novel, and this is very much his you know blind manor equivalent this isn't your midnight mass this isn't your haunt in the phil house um he's only i think he's directed the first two episodes um and that's it um so he is involved and it's still great and obviously there's always going to be a certain level of craft but i think clearly what we've seen to me at least with the previous ones is like there is a considerable drop off when you start not having Flanagan 100% involved um so I hope this is good um but yeah we have a date um October 7th I love that like all of Flanagan's stuff for Netflix is always October just consistently yeah like, um bang done you just know it's gonna happen um there was like a really short little sneak peek that i watched and it was weird because um it was one of those ones that's filmed specifically for a sneak peek which i like it wasn't just like clips from the from the show or whatever but i almost feel like it was just awkward the way they were like talking to the camera and transitioning and i'm like i don't like this acting at all it was a very young cast um i I just got such the netflixy vibe from it of like oh yeah you've got a bunch of like no names you know young actors Um, um which again it's out of context they're not going to be particularly well written or directed in this weird little promo so it's hard to say too much Mm. from it but um yeah want to see it but it's certainly not like i want to see like the next big flanagan thing you know whether it's film or tv like i personally want it to be a film um because i think after midnight mass i don't know how he could possibly make a tv show better than that no Um, he's kind of made his piss to resistance there hasn't he you know um is this the one that's gonna have um heather langenkamp in it though Mm-hmm. yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing her as well in it like yeah. you know because she's about the only name that we know don't we there's hardly anyone from is there any of his like 
usual stuff. I feel like there is some of them. Like, I'm mm-hmm. assuming his wife's got to be in there. But, like, yeah, it's not the classic. Like, say, from what I saw in the teaser, it was all young, new actors that had never been in any of his other stuff, to my to my knowledge. Um, yeah, the only one I remembered was Heather Langenkamp being announced. Mm. And, yeah, I, I can, I, like I say, I'm not even sure if any of his people have been announced, like, his usual. Because, obviously, but... we know that there's, there's another... <sighs> there's another tv show isn't there that he's working on mm-hmm. i can't remember what the name of it is now but yeah the, he's got so much like in the pipeline um yeah. but yeah we'll be seeing that later this year um also coming soon in august in fact is the new predator film um yeah. obviously called prey um which we kind of i don't know if we had an exact date on this one we kind of knew it vaguely around this time um but we got a trailer um it's coming august 5th this is a hulu um exclusive and we are getting it in disney plus in the uk um <laughs> And it is the same day as well, um, so that's good. Um, because yeah, a lot of these, like most of the Hulu ones, generally, gen- generally um, end up on Disney Plus in the UK. But even stuff like Fresh had like a couple of weeks afterwards for whatever mm. reason. Um, maybe because they were just panicking, be like, we need to make sure we put eighteen all over this thing on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, like how do we get this out and like <laughs> not have kids watch it? Yeah. especially when we have one of our marvel guys in it <laughs> yeah for sure um but yeah this movie like to be honest it's one of those ones where uh, the last predator movie was so much better than it had any right to be and i don't really care about the franchise it was that was just a fun film everything about this movie hasn't sounded good i think by far the most intriguing thing is the director um mm. obviously this is dan trachtenberg who his last movie which is mind-blowing to think about um he directed 10 cloverfield lane which for this podcast, that was our first cinema film we covered, um, and we did it for our third episode. Wow. So that was his last film, and we're on now episode 300. So, you know, six years ago, he's done a few TV shows since then. He directed, like, the first episode of The Boys on Amazon and another show, but, like, he's barely done anything. Wow. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm excited for this. Because I, I did have a quick skip through the trailer. And I was like, oh, God, this just doesn't look interesting. So we'll see. I really hope so, because I don't want Dan to be a guy that like made one incredible movie and then just had this weird career trajectory that just mm. doesn't add up to how talented he was based upon that film. Um, but, yeah, are you interested in a new Predator? Because we really liked the last one, but obviously that doesn't really have anything to do with this one. Yeah, I mean, I, like stumbled across this trailer and forgot that it was predator and was mm. just like oh there's a disney movie called prey okay and then as i was watching it i was like is this predator <laughs> like what's going on here and like, mm. like yeah I, I i don't know like it felt a bit weird and especially like i say it was felt it was advertised to me as like disney initially which felt mm. also weird um and so yeah like the trailer didn't blow me away um I'm I'm with you that I'm not a uh, predator guy. So the last movie being a banger was just a fun surprise, and I'm not exactly expecting that this time around. Mm. Yeah, but we'll see. It's starting to watch anyway. Um, yeah. And then yeah, lastly, this is a uh, I, I almost forgot about this one, so I just kind of threw it in here. But we kind of got our first little teaser uh, on our on the new Rob Zombie film coming this year. Um, nice. So obviously we we kind of been waiting. Obviously we've seen like stills and images, but yeah, this is the first teaser. And again, this is similarish to the uh, the Midnight Club one, where um, this is very much shot for a teaser. I can't imagine any of this stuff is actually in the show or whatever this is. 
I guess it's a film, right? Um, it's, that's what's so weird. We still don't fully know what this is. Um, I, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a film, but we still don't know where it's coming out because it was reported at the time that it was going to be. I think it was a Paramount Plus exclusive, but that still hasn't been confirmed. Like we just, this is all courtesy of Rob's Instagram. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, who, so who knows? As it all was, good Rob things are. Yeah, which I love. But um, it was fun. Like, I love how it's kind of in black and white for the most part, introducing you to the characters. It all looks very silly and goofy. Um, and then it kind of does that Wizard of Oz moment where it's like now in color. And then you see this like crazy, vibrant colors for these characters for the first time. Um, and yeah, it's I really like this teaser. My thoughts were that it was kind of like it felt like it fell from an alternate universe where Rob Zombie has always just made fam- family friendly content. Like the way his name is used in it is like, hey, it's another fun adventure from Rob Zombie. Like I loved just the presentation of the whole thing. You know, it wasn't it wasn't playing into like, oh, this is going to be some dark, creepy thing, and then we're trying yeah, to like, sort the of you. of Devil's Rejects. Yeah, his nightmare. <laughs> It yeah, was just like it was just like no, yeah. they just play off like this is what he's always done, um, which I just loved. I thought the tone of that worked so well, and yeah, I'm I'm into this. Like I say, we keep saying the same thing, but I never knew what I wanted post Free from Hell because that was all I ever wanted from Rob Zombie, and it was so amazing. So yeah, this being this weird thing, this kind of like cult TV show that he clearly loves that I had never even heard of a few years ago. Like yeah, I'm I'm down for this for whenever it comes out, and yeah, it did say on the te- teaser as well, 2022. So. Hopefully this year at some point. Yeah, um, I mean, I am definitely though on the getting towards more and more. Like, okay, cool, but I I also am looking forward to Rob's next movie. <laughs> oh, don't be like that! Come on, <laughs> just enjoy it in the moment. Yeah, I'm like, this is going to be fun and everything. But I think got free from hell. It, I'm like, yeah, I know we got free from hell, but it doesn't mean I want like. You know, I got do up. It doesn't mean I don't want, you know, I just want Jordan Peele to just go out of horror. Like, mm. you know, I, I want not really zombie movies. It is, because I want Rob <laughs> Zombie to continue to make Rob Zombie movies. And this, like I say, it, this is fun and it's a alternate dimension. What I don't want to have happen is this comes out and then we have to wait like five years before him even like mentioning making a horror movie again. Well, I hate um, to break it to you. Exactly. Um, and that that's my problem because it still doesn't answer the question. But I'm I'm happy that Rob is having fun and I'm happy Rob people are having fun. Like it looks like you know, I'm not against the movie. I think it's uh, yeah, like, you sound like a hater to me. Well, I am in the terms of I want Rob to make a horror movie, you know, first and foremost. Um, I, and, I know we've already touched upon it but like him actually having a budget for the first time since like halloween 2 is cool as well um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm excited it's a different yeah, style then they're like thing. oh he got a budget for this now he's doing sooty and i'm like oh for fuck's sake rob That'd be great why would you not want to see that <laughs> why would you <laughs> rob zombie sooty and sweep you're telling me you wouldn't pay a shit ton of money to watch that right Yes, exactly. You just you no, find... no, no, no. Correct. I wouldn't pay a shit ton of money. I you, would not. Pay. I don't. I, I'm learning new things about you on the 300th episode that I yeah, just never are. even knew. Yes, yeah, you are. Um, let's, talk like <laughs> let, let's talk about something that I know you like. Um, or do let's I? Talk, yeah. Let's talk about Stranger Things season four, volume one. So yeah, it's back. This uh, little show that we've uh, 
I guess only we only done one show on it prior to this because it's been so bloody long. <laughs> yeah, mad. Um, we've talked about it so much on the show, but we've only actually had yeah, we did obviously season three, um, yeah, three years ago, um, back in 2019, and then that's obviously been it. And obviously we've mentioned it multiple times how much we love the show, how it's one of our favourite shows ever. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's been a long time coming, obviously with the uh, the, the numerous delays and whatnot. But yeah, we've got it. We've got we've seen most of it. Um, and actually, we have. Time, obviously, this goes out. It, it's only about three weeks away from the last two. So Thank God. we'll be we'll be talking about a, probably like three horror films. And then we'll be talking about Stranger Things again. And then so, we'll get the epilogue. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the capacity and what actually happens in these two episodes. Um, and I guess we should say up front straight away so people know what the hell's going on. Um, mm. This is a TV, obviously, discussion um of a show that came out about three weeks ago so you've had plenty of time to uh watch it and enjoy it hopefully um so we are not going to be doing any sort of dancing around spoilers we're going to be discussing anything that's happened in stranger things up until the end of this season it's mm-hmm. on the table um so full spoiler alert for everything stranger things up until obviously the uh, the final two episodes which we haven't seen yet um if only if only I yeah, 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 for sure, because there's no way we can just talk about the first 20 minutes of episode one and be like, right, there, there we go, there's the setup, <laughs> let's go. Like, oh yeah, they're all in different locations, and uh, yeah, so let's not talk about the villain, because we've not seen that in a trailer yet, like, yeah. no, no, although we have seen the villain in the trailer, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my God, I don't even know where to begin to unpack it. I, no, this, this is not like a normal discussion where we're like, um, oh, we're gonna a breakdown of where the characters and everything. We're just going to be like, what did, what did you make of it? And then we'll obviously touch upon individual elements. Yeah, I mean, this season was so long. Yeah, Each episode a lot. was so long. And I love that it's so long because we get so much time with the characters. I think one of my biggest things is, is that it's it's a disappointing at times that so many of the characters are away from each other for so long. Mm. I think L in particular, Yeah, I think, I think L's arc in this season is the most disappointing of, of where everyone's at because at least everyone else has a conduit of one of the core cast. There's know? a few, there's a few disappointing ones for me, but yeah, I definitely say, say she's up there, even though I, it's weird cause we were jumping all across, but I think episode seven it was worth it in the long run because yeah. adored what happened to her in episode seven. But yeah, prior to that, she was like, I was so disappointed, especially we'd had a lot of speculation about, Oh, this is going to be them growing up. This is going to be her moving to this new high school settling in. And it's like, yeah, we got that for one episode and then well, they the, spent five episodes just retelling season one again. The problem is as well, I don't want to start too negative, but I think the problem was as well, we can jump she's, over she's everything. so um, tragic in this season. Mm. she has no joy and i'm like what i love about the prior seasons is that we get to see these characters somewhat happy mm. and that normally is because l isn't in it <laughs> because she's pretty much unhappy through all of stranger things she just has mm. these moments of happiness but i kind of you know i really thought this might be it and like especially when it starts with like even though she's getting the bully in it's like mike's come in and they're gonna have uh. this time together and they're gonna have this brilliant um you know, a few days together and then it's going to, shit's going to hit the fan. And it's like, Oh no, day one, she just smashes someone in the face and now the police are after her. And suddenly it all comes crumbling down and she doesn't even get to have like an evening with Mike. 
and it was just yeah, like oh. just, now, now i'm thinking about it i'm like man yeah she just had the worst time she had ever. the worst season because yeah she's was being bullied any, her there wasn't anything up, and then she gets, positive was there no it, her season was hell i mean hopper at least got to you know drink some vodka like well, and they you get that moment like the the moment yeah. in episode seven when he finally sees joyce like i felt it i was like oh my god yeah. like it felt like these characters it, have been away from each other for so long it was the arc of you know that that was the reason why that was drawn out for so long but l kind of felt lost in that facility for such a long amount of time in this season um for me and... personally we'll jump over the place but like now we're touched upon Elle, and she is obviously one of the most important characters like i yeah i i was so disappointed that we got straight back to okay she's in this lab she's with all these people doing all these tests blah 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 i like i was i mentally switched off so much during probably episodes three four five and six all the l stuff where it was just yeah. here's this guy hello sleepyhead replaying the same day then we're cutting to papa and he's like oh i need her to remember because that's how she's going to get her powers like i just didn't give a shit about any of that and it was there was so much padding and that was the only time when i really felt the lengths of these episodes because they are obviously longer than we've had before but other than that these felt like normal stranger things episodes to me but then i was just like oh, now we've got 20 minutes of cutting room floor from season one it felt like where i was like i'm not getting yeah. anything from this now granted having now seen it all i think episode seven was phenomenal for l and i think we got so many more answers than i was ever expecting like to think about the amount of lore and backstory we got in that episode like we know now why the entire program of these kids have started we know how the entire upside down was created like like all of this stuff is fascinating to me and i never thought we'd get these answers so i loved it like to me it was like man it was really shit up until it wasn't and then it was incredible so like i'm i am really torn on her but overall it was definitely a disappointing arc for l it just left her in such a good place and i hope that she at least gets some joy in the last two episodes yeah she might she'll get it for like two like the last 20 minutes maybe if we're lucky maybe. or 20 minutes <laughs> in the final episode at somewhere and then it goes to shit again ready for the final season yeah um you know because she she's definitely not gonna not gonna have happiness for long we've learned that now no i don't even know if many of them are at this point like say like this is a very dark season mm, incredibly <laughs> And especially because the fact that this isn't the complete season, it starts to get weird conversations where we want to talk about these characters in the kind of complete season arc, and we can't do that yet. Um, mm. So obviously we can talk about it more in the next one because we'll have less kind of plot to talk about because it'll only be yeah. two episodes, even though it's still like four hours of content. Um, then this was like nine hours. Um, but yeah, like it is just very dark and there's a lot of just like tragic stories. Even people like Eddie where you're just introduced to him and you see him kind of be an Eddie for like episode one. And in the second that girl dies in yeah, his trailer... Just pulled, the carpet is pulled from beneath him yeah, straight away. he's just on the run and just constantly stressed out from that point on like and i guess that he gets a few little moments of kind of friendship with the guys um but yeah like it is just it's very very dark this season like i think it's it's way more horror than stranger things has ever been Mm. i think that there are times when when stranger things in earlier seasons is half a season worth of teen drama Mm. then a bit of sci-fi then the final episode of the season has horror yeah like that that was almost the formula for season one and season two this this is incredibly dark and when when we started to go into it and we were we were introduced to 
it's Vecna, isn't it? The the what he's called, and then Robert mm-hmm. England's character is something quite similar. Uh, Victor Creel. Victor Creel. That was it. Yeah, Creel and Creel and Vecna. So yeah, Vecna. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the way that he looks and the way that he is is just you know way more humanoid and and you know kind of horrific to look at than you know he's very reminiscent of a lot of horror icons <laughs> obviously we're gonna we're gonna talk about freddy krueger a lot when we talk about vecna and the fact that robert robert england is in this season as well but it's very hellraiser cenobite inspired oh, as well the, the goddamn the, chime every time he's about to i know pop, i'm like man i'm like i love this as a homage but i'm like is this yeah. too much because i'm like this is saying, almost ripping it off <laughs> well especially at one point when they talk about freddy krueger in the show um, I was like, you know, you have literally made a Hellraiser Freddy Krueger hybrid. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, has it gone too far? And I'm like, no, let's not get angry. Like <laughs> it, it's making it, it's two things that I love, two movies that I love with my favorite TV show doing a great homage to it. Why would I be salty? This is a problem with fandom if I can't enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with it overall. Right. It was mostly just every time the chime yeah, was like almost like, I'm like, oh, this is on the nose. didn't just show up at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, um, like, I've, I fucking love Vecna. I mm. think he's a great villain to kind of now be introduced to. I think it's a really fun way to kind of, you know... It, we needed to get like an end game and i think kind of i i can see the end game now of stranger things with this mm. with this first half of the season you know i could when when vecna first kind of came about i was like okay he's he's great like well he's not great he's horrific but he's a great villain but fuck is he just showing up now for and yeah. why is he what is he you know why why is he so powerful what his you know all you know i i talk about rules a lot quite often when we talk about these sorts of things and i'm like right what you know what can he do what can't he do where did he come from and like you say by the end of this seat this this part one we know a hell of a lot about him we know what he can do between worlds we go where he came from how he was created all of this stuff and i think it i think it works great and and um and then you know with with what he was doing it was it was you know it, it was so brutal when he's killing people it, it's insane yeah, you know, what, what he does. They um, went with those like deaths on screen. It was crazy. It was it was so hard, almost, almost to the point though where I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a shame." Because when the season started, I was guaranteed. I, I had in my head guaranteed someone's going. I was like, some one of our main characters is being killed. Did you? Was, did you really? Yeah, I was like one hundred percent. I was like, one of our main characters is going to be killed, and I was like max is the most obvious for it i was like mm. max or steve are the two that i feel really worried about and i'm always worried about joyce i don't know why i'm just always worried about <laughs> joyce and i obviously when we um started to get like the max tease when she got like the chimes mm. i was like oh shit and then i was like no there's no fucking way she's going to get killed the way that these other characters have been killed like you can kill off a cast member maybe 
you can't kill off a cast member like that. That's insane. <laughs> well, well, the one thing I will say is there was one of the deaths that I thought was more tame. So I think you can do it in a more tame way. Mm. Um, so there is two more episodes. So obviously, again, mm. we have to be careful not talking about this as like the whole season. Um, well, no, no, but I, it's where we're up to and like where I yeah. felt, you know, and like, like I say, I still, I still have a very strong feeling that we're not, we're going to lose a main character. See, to um, off that point, because I had the opposite. Where I, the, right. one of my least, um, one of my small issues was that I felt like there was no stakes with the main cast. Like one of the episodes ends with Steve on his own in the upside down getting ravaged by creatures where like he's basically dead and at no point did i have any sort of fear for his character whatsoever i was like oh obviously he's not gonna die here and then like yeah within five minutes of the next episode there you know the girls have come in they've jumped in the hole and they've saved him and i feel like yeah that was kind of a small thing for me yeah where max was the only one because it felt like it was so they were giving her a dues they were giving her more screen time than she's ever had and it really felt like story-wise that it would make a lot of sense but when yeah she was writing those letters i was yeah, like oh was she's good. done for she's done mm. for and then i kept but i kept thinking there's no way she because we hadn't seen because because you are right there is one I, I feel like it could be done in a way that's kind of dramatic more dramatic and less horrific and we kind of saw you that that you think one's going to go, and then the way the season's gone, I am well, I'm more confident now that I think Max will die in the last two. I, I think, like I say, it's the it's the quintessential classic. I thought she was going to go in episode seven somehow mm. because I was like, it's the quint. But because obviously, I had in my head because because I think one thing coming off the bat of this, this is nowhere nowhere near shape or form intended to be part one and part two. No, um, by the filmmakers, <laughs> it's it's kind of disgusting that it's ended this way because it it's ends. Bullshit. It just ends on a on a note where it's complete continuation. I'm gonna have to watch some sort of fucking recap video when we get to the next <laughs> ones because it's it's too far apart and it's a complete cash grab from Netflix. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. Release them weekly. Break your model if that's what you want to do to get subscribers and get more money on a regular basis break your model and do it weekly so at least then i know what i'm getting or do what you've always done which is what netflix is meant to do and give us all the fucking episodes don't do this it's disgusting like it's hilarious and and I'll, i'll leave it there but it is disgusting I've realized um, that their unique selling point sucks because when Netflix yeah. first started, there was a whole, you can binge watch the whole season yeah. thing. And then Disney Plus were like, came out and they were like, are you crazy? We're going to get people talking about Marvel shows and Star Wars shows every single week. And then yeah. they were like, oh yeah, that's really smart. And they're then like, so now, oh, yeah, yeah that's what does. Yeah. You've got this weird cop out bullshit where, yeah, it's like, we'll split it up, but not really. We're, we're yeah, doing we'll it release oh. them precisely seven weeks apart. So technically it's all <laughs> weekly. Like, and off. also the thing as well is like you say it's so obvious that there's only one reason in the entire universe why this happened and it's purely to get more money for subscribers and it's like okay so you're actually taken away from the artistic merit of the filmmakers at this point yeah. and that fucking sucks so yeah like netflix you guys suck for this like don't be doing this there this is such a dangerous precedent for any of your kind of good shows going forward um yeah, yeah it's a shame that like this has happened to stranger things i'll try not to let it kind of enjoy it because yeah it's weird like seeing in this much of the season as well even this split made no sense to do it like seven and two it's like no. even if you're gonna do it just do like <clears throat> bloody eight in one and just say oh we're saving the finale or something like it's just it's, or, it's so just, dumb just do, you know do four and five you know yeah. the episodes are so long four episodes would have almost felt like a season it's just mm. like you know but they they wanted that reveal that's what they wanted they wanted the um you know the the, the number one 
you know, re- reveal for, for, for Vecna, I think, yeah. to have, to have like some sort of kind of reveal. Um, and I think kind of, you know, like I said, I just think it's, you know, it, it just feels dirty. And it's one of these things where I'm just like, I won't get to actually watch season four of Stranger Things until part two is out and I do a rewatch. <laughs> you know and that that kind of sucks you know yeah but, but um but i you know i i don't want to be too negative because i did you know i still had a blast with this season you know it's what i love i think kind of the use of songs with obviously max and kind of you know getting getting that that strong use of a song in it and and multiple times it it, it continues to be this banging soundtrack i kind of like I say, for me, I, I love almost everything about Vecna in terms of him just being this villain that's growing and growing throughout the season. Um, and then kind of when we actually get the reveal of what he is, I, I, I'm really liking him as the villain. Um, I These guys are such... Uh, they're, they're such fuckers as well with what they've done with me and like Steve and where I want him to be at because I'm just mm. kind of, uh, you know... We, we've gotten to the point that we, we we're so invested in his love life and now they dangle the little nancy worm over him again and mm. i'm like oh i want that for steve so bad now yeah. like, because they, they make jonathan almost non-existent in this season for that for that reason they just yeah, say, well, oh, they... yeah jonathan's a stoner now <laughs> yeah they do that for a few characters i mean again to pick up on something that i really didn't like was yeah like you say they split up the characters super early on in the season mm. and kind of like we have essentially is it three main stories going on um because yeah we have well, like the rushes we have like the probably so what's the other one i'm trying to think it's mike it's mike and will and jonathan yeah like escaping it's it's l being captured and yeah. in the facility oh, yeah, because they get separated quite quickly yeah, yeah. and right. then you have joyce and then you have the kind of um <laughs> i was in a time to say woodsboro <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you have all the you know, the cast back at um that's the thing because yeah. we've already talked about l obviously and, mm. and how for me it was mostly disappointing up until an incredible episode seven i think yeah the other because i think i loved two of these stories and didn't really like two of them the other one i didn't like was the whole mike will jonathan and then the new guy argyle um I may as well start on him because he's the new guy i just didn't warm to him in the slightest i thought this was a really weakly written character like i say he's very much just like oh i'm the stoner dude mm. like we've just really lame one-liners none of his jokes landed i didn't find him like a charming addition at all i think every pretty much all of the other new characters have added like even someone like max at this point where it's like it doesn't feel like she was never not there um because she's so integral to the story whereas yeah he was like okay you just wanted another comedy relief guy because like you've already got dustin and steve together again in their own little thing so like you need more comedy in this aspect of it and he just didn't land for me at all. I think, yeah, Jonathan is just a complete wet lettuce of a character, like just f- completely he, throw he away. Has been, yeah, again, he's but... dreadful. But they need to do something with it. I think another massive misfire for me is Will, who again has so much potential, and I think like they should have done it in the last season, but they still haven't. Where like they're teasing this whole he's got a secret, like he's yeah. probably going to be you know wanting to come out like in this time mm. when it's very very hard to do so, and I think that is such. a good story Mm. to tell to him having to tell his friends 
it should have happened in season three. Now, the fact that we're a majority through season four and we had that one or two hints at the start of the season where I was like, oh, they're finally going to do it. After season one, when Will was just kind of like the plot device, he's just been so throwaway. And they actually had this the seeds of a great character idea. You know, for him to go through this journey would have been great. And it would have been so different. It would have made him so different to everyone else in the show. And I think for them to just slightly tease it and never actually go in on that again, I'm like, man, you're going to need him to be so important in season five for this character to not feel like a giant waste at this point. Mm. Um, and then, you know, like, Mike is just... I didn't dislike him, but he's just stuck with with three characters that I didn't like and he's away from L. So it's like yeah, he just didn't mismatch. really get to do much. I think the error with the whole season for me the biggest mis- the biggest misstep is that she hits the fan with L far too quickly. Yeah, if, definitely. If she if she gets captured in episode 5. Yeah. So we get cuz she went, I mean I um, you know the episodes have blended it's in early. now. It's like it's early. like free, right? Yeah, and like you know, she's uh, that means she's away from it's, for it's so long. If we'd have had these moments, yeah, if we'd have had two more episodes of her with um, Mike, Will not being, you know, because Will can't have his character arc because whatever his secret is, he, he can't share it when they're like on the literally on the run being chased by people shooting at that's being absolutely riddled with machine gun yeah, fire like that scene yeah. was mental i thought i was watching john wick during that scene like it was so crazy he took out like 12 agents that whole that whole thing was insane visually where i was like oh my god you are literally peppering this house full of children with machine gun bullets yeah. <laughs> like on a yeah, Netflix I, show. I felt a bit uncomfortable with that it was scene. just weird I, I was i was just surprised they didn't need to go that hard like say where they've got literally the guy fully john wick in it like he's perfectly guiding him through the house where one one step in the wrong direction and you're just getting absolutely turned into mincemeat like it was very very odd mm. um but yeah like i say they they wanted because the reveals for l are so good and it's like okay they wait until the last episode to get them so yeah if she'd have only gone into the back in revisiting season one stuff in episode five and then it would have only been shorter but my god like say those scenes went on for so long having said that having now seen episode seven i'm like man that reveal with the guy who is like obviously he's like henry creel in the family he's he's number one in the experiments and he's also vecner like that was fucking incredible i I didn't see that coming at all i think it's the best twist they've ever done in strange things um i think it completely tied all that together with like i say vecna um visually was super interesting Mm -hmm. but i didn't have a story reason as to why he was important Mm -hmm. in this world and they were like ha 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 we've got it we're just gonna wait until right the last seconds and now if i ever rewatch it it will be way better because i'll know all that shit whereas yeah in the moment i was like oh i'm enjoying vecna visually but i don't really know why and then Mm -hmm. yeah the hen creel family stuff was cool but it was clearly undercooked because they weren't telling us the full story yeah. it was like oh yeah victor went a bit mad and he's now in this insane asylum and now you get this awesome scene with robert england which definitely should have been more oh, um yeah. it was kind of like now in hindsight it's like oh yeah it's because you would you were ugh. It is weird. Like I really, really like this season overall. Um, again, it's not the full season, um, but it's it felt at times weaker than it has been before. I well, think it I starts. Think, I think that's the other so thing, strong. though, if if we reviewed any season of Stranger Things, and you know, uh, 
eighty percent of it, <laughs> how would we feel? You know, That's and and like you can, you, know, so you can, you can eight and nine are as good. You know, you can point a finger at us for reviewing it before it came out, but that's what we've been given by Netflix. Mm. You know, and and they've shat on us this way, and that's what we're going to have to do. And and I really do think that it does sully the experience, you know, and that, and that that's why it needs to be brought up because because yeah, if you you know any of the seasons, if we reviewed them, you know, however many episodes are on, we we you know we're just like oh we're not watching the last two, uh, we're just going to review it based off that, you know, people would be calling bullshit, and it's like you know it, it is frustrating. I think. Um, you know, what, what you were talking about with him as a villain, though, I felt the exact same way where I got to like episode four and I was like, oh, man, I love him because he is he is Freddy Krueger. Like as this season's going on, I'm like, he is so Freddy Krueger inspired in, in a really and it was a really great like for me um, coming to life of like a modern Freddy Krueger. Like it's mm. the best modern Freddy Krueger we've seen um where it's like oh he's tapping into their their fears and their their kind of history and their their guilt and their past and then tormenting them to the point of they break and then he can take them that's that's freddy like and that's what freddy kind of does in the first nightmare on elm street and kind of gets away from and it's what i've kind of said more that i want him to get back to that it's all about this torture and breaking characters and then getting them and that Vecna can get them at any time, but he wants to get them when they're at their most terrified. And obviously mm. now we know why, because obviously it's creating a stronger gate, uh, okay. the more powerful that connection is, which a makes sense for this world. Mm. And then B, then we've got this brilliant backstory that we now know who Vecna is. And, and I think that's fantastic. I think like you said, I, um, as we were getting the L stuff, I was like pretty early on convinced like, Oh, okay. You're number one. Like you're, you're definitely number one as he was talking to her, like fairly early on. But I, I didn't have in my head for one second that he was going to be Fechner. No. Um, so when that moment happened, when it, it was almost like the, it, and it worked so well for me because I was like, they were like, Oh, reveal he's number one. I'm like, yeah great figured that out ages ago and then like and then like instantly they're like oh yeah and he's vecna i'm like oh shit yeah i didn't think of that that's cool and like her <laughs> kind of quote-unquote killing him mm. sending him to the upside down and creating the first portal like yeah. it's so good that, that's what's weird about this season is i actually think in terms of the horror and the fantasy this is like the best it's ever been in terms of the writing yeah. um and it's weird because i think after season three i kind of said like yeah i just love these characters so much that i could do without all that stuff you know and just be like oh yeah this is just a teen show now because they're so strong and so they've almost gone the complete opposite way with this season and it's like yeah, yeah they delivered like down the best the most interesting character it's ever been hundred percent like all of that stuff it makes sense in a way that it never has done before i think again talking about i want to mention one of my favorite things because we barely even touched upon the russia stuff yet which was some of mm. my favorite and this thing like getting to that they kept building and it's it's that is where the slow burn totally paid off for me because hopper is there for a while you feel that journey with him and oh, on paper i didn't think i'd care that much where i'd be like okay he's just going to be there and oh of course he's going to have this kind of slow moment of redemption in the finale even though he's not fully out but it's like yeah on paper they kind of got where i thought they'd be by episode seven and it was mm. a very slow way but along the way every single journey was so good like kind of the pairing of murray and joyce was just fantastic like every scene they're in is just Murray's gold the best. 
yeah like they were the that they were the star of the show for me like those two in particular and then obviously and then seeing hopper with uh is it yuri was the one who he was mostly talking to um or is yeah no no sorry yuri's the one it's enzo um because yuri's the pilot oh yuri's um, the pilot yeah yuri's the best i love yuri yeah well, yuri's hilarious as well like his back oh, and forth man. with murray but i really love the kind of weird friendship that enzo and murray have um where he's like always calling him american and just i i just loved all that enzo it was so hopper, so good yeah yeah and then um getting to the finale and they're like they're constantly building to this monster where it's like we know that they've got some sort of monster in russia and it's like okay what is this and they keep describing it and you're like oh i just hope they commit that it's like the classic demogorgon because like we haven't seen one for so long at this point and they kept showing that shadowy doorway kept showing it kept showing it and i was like please it just i want it and so when he when it first bursts out and it just fucking destroys everyone like i I was my mouth was agape because i was in awe of what i was seeing because visually it was like the again the most graphic thing stranger things have ever done yeah i was just giddy with excitement like that was one of the few times where i've had this massive like fan fulfillment moment watching this where i was like oh man i have so much nostalgia in rogue one 100 percent. like i have so much stout and nostalgia for the og demo at this point and to see him come out and absolutely wreck it for hopper to be smart enough to remember like it's one weakness it just so good like all of that stuff absolutely incredible like they nailed it for me it was by far the highlight was anything with joyce murray um uh, hopper enzo yuri so so good and it's weird because it should be about the kids but like i think they really outperformed them this season for me so far the problem problem is is that stranger things has always been the combination so Mm. that we have the pockets you know ever since season one we've kind of got the pockets of kids. You know, we had kind of the the Steve Dustin kind of bromance in season three and they were all apart. You know, Dustin was away from the gang for a lot of season three, mm. but then they all get back together for the finale or for the last couple of episodes. And it's like, that's not what's happening with this right now. You know, I'm sure we will get there, but we haven't had that in this season yet. But right now, this season's arc was this timing between Joyce and Murray and, and Hopper and kind of, you know... He gets out of prison. He then gets captured again. They get, you know, I don't know where Joyce gets his money from, by the way. I, um, I, I kept every episode when I was like, because it's the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I because like he, cause the, when she first has the phone call, it's like, okay, it's 40 grand. And I'm like, okay, they're going to do some sort of, they're going to explain it where it's like fake money. It's not all the money. Yeah. But then she's just, like, well, I've got the money now. Yeah. And they never touch upon how Joyce, who they set up is struggling financially mm. in the first episode, has $40,000 in the 80s. In, in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> yeah Unbelievable. Wow, let alone in the 80s. <laughs> I I was so, genuinely going to bring that up because I was like, I yeah. did I miss something where they just Murray was like, we got a thousand and it's you know on top and then it's fake bills underneath and maybe we'll get that reveal in the last two episodes or something where like yeah. some bad guy will think they get the money and they, they get screwed over or something but yeah it was that was very it, it weird was that they didn't strange, touch upon that but obviously yeah you've got Joyce and Murray going there and then the whole stuff with Yuri the whole backwards and forwards of him kidnapping them and then them taking him over on the plane and then Murray pretending to be Yuri and you know them in the prison with Murray kind of undercover as Hoppers then fighting the Demogorgon like all mm. of that was the perfect combination of those two characters and like they're frantically trying to unlock the gates as the Demogorgon is like ripping everyone to oh, shreds so and it was just like that's what that's what Stranger Things does at its best is these characters getting together at the right moment. And right now, I think that's the problem that kind of Mike, Will and Jonathan feel 
very much like they're just traveling through time like <laughs> and it's like so are they gonna get to you know they're obviously traveling to l but then it's like well we've got two episodes basically so they, they've got to get to l and then they've then got to get to the other gang like mm. and then have and then like hopper and joyce are they going to get back to hawkins as well like do you know what i mean it's all just a bit well, they um, still got to get out. like they're they're not they're, in yeah they're, they're still in russia mate like <laughs> yeah. you know and it just i don't know like it is strange but i think you know for me um the gang with you know it's so it's so cheap the the dustin and steve stuff but i don't care <laughs> i love it it's yeah, like I'm the, the hanging fruit of stranger yeah. things ever where they're just like they, they just reference in it in the show at this point where, yeah. where he's like why is it always us two that get put together and it's like yeah we know yeah, <laughs> i know and but it's so gold and and i and i love steve so much like it's one of these things when like i have like this ranking of characters and like murray has shot up there like a bullet mm. Like in season three, I was like, oh, if Murray dies, I haven't got a problem. Like at this point, he's like, he's like top three or four that I don't want to die. Like he, he, I love him so much. I, I, everything he does is gold. His karate is brilliant. <laughs> but then like, um, but Steve as well, like the more I see Steve and I just like, I've, I've, it's gotten me invested in Nancy again as well mm. because I don't care for her and Jonathan. I just really don't. Like, because I've never, I just never cared for Jonathan. Like you say, he's just a wet weekend that's gotten wetter as the, the seasons have gone on. And I kind of like, you know, I, I, I don't see why her staying with him is any sort of redemption. And I'm kind of like invested in her and Steve now. And like, it is funny how I get invested in these characters and this, this, this love interest and all of this stuff when, when I should really be caring about the horror. But I think that's what this show does is it gives you so much heart that like, I want L to have happiness. I want Dustin just to, you know, not get his teeth knocked out. It took him so long to grow him. Mm. And I want, and I want Steve to like find his Nancy and what better way to find his Nancy than with Nancy. Yeah. Um, it is weird as well. Like, um, Cause I, I said earlier, like I thought this show started so strongly and then ended like, like episode seven, I thought was by far the best episode, like not even mm. close. Yeah. And so it's, now looking up where it's like oh yeah the duffer brothers they wrote and directed episode one One, episode two two, and seven and it's like for them obviously not doing those middle four it's so painfully obvious where it's not even close it's not even like there's a small drop off there was a massive drop off mid-season and i think and i i'm pretty sure they have done the last two episodes which i'm just so thankful for because the quality of if we were talking about that i'd be like episodes one two and seven are pretty much either nine or ten out of ten episodes Mm. and then the other ones are like five or sixes i think that's how much it drops off in the middle it is funny because if they directed those five episodes that's a regular size season yeah and it, yeah exactly you know, with, with, and with so the, the episodes that's a regular size season so it just shows it, that we have four episodes of filler and it is weird because yeah we we mentioned flanagan earlier and i think he's a prime example of this where he commits his time to these projects in a way like he has done obviously with two seasons of the show and like, i'm like for, for the for brothers to do this like i don't even know what the reason is or anything i know for a lot of the times they kind of are extremely busy and they want to elevate these other filmmakers i mean we're talking about i think it's sean levy who directed two of the episodes he's like a yeah. massive director um what did he direct he directed um free guy um you know he's directed big he's, he's directing the new deadpool film and he just happened to direct two episodes of stranger things so it's not like he's an incompetent director yeah 
director no. like obviously he isn't um but i think it's mostly the writing is is the biggest difference um and also it's very hard to do like the middle part of a tv season is always the worst yeah. like yeah, always yeah. and so i think it is they would need to have them in there to tighten that and make that interesting whereas yeah they were like oh we know where Elle's journey ends because we're going to tackle that in episode seven and it's going to be absolutely incredible we're gonna have all the reveals with Elle. we're gonna have all the reveals with vecna and then they were kind of like well what are we going to do for four episodes and they're like i don't know have this stoner pizza dude um fancy this girl in this house that's just completely fucking random like that's yeah. just stupid like it's just there's Weird, there's so many weird choices in the middle of the season um but overall it was still like super think, goddamn enjoyable yeah, i cannot I wait for these final two episodes that's the thing that even though there's these things like this house that's weak and stuff it's like there's there's always multiple characters that i'm very invested in and love in mm. each scene because i i do really like mike and will and so even though they're not in a, anything that i'm interested in i'm happy seeing them still because i like mike and will you know, and then it's kind of like, you know, with all the others, the character, they're doing fun stuff. You know, I think Nancy this season, not having Jonathan, I think like last season when they were at the newspaper and they were kind of having these trials and tribulations with the newspaper and she was trying to get a foot in and he was the photographer. I really, I really disliked all of that. And I really cared. I, I never cared for Nancy and then, sorry, Jonathan. And then it made me not care for Nancy. Whereas I think with this season, like her being away from him, it's really got me invested in her and like her being this kind of Nancy Drew trying to investigate and, you know, trying to um, solve it all. And and especially like her and Robin, like I think what this show does is it really, it it does a great thing of putting these characters together that you wouldn't expect to be thrown together. Mm. You know, Justin and Steve season one, you wouldn't have been like, oh, they're going to be bros by season four. They're going to have a proper bromance. It's like, nah, behave. You know, when you first meet Steve and he's like this, this jock, like arrogant dickhead. Mm. And it's like, you know, Robin and Nancy shouldn't go together on paper. But them two, when they did the, you know, the whole scene with Robert England, I was like, you know, this is this is brilliant. And again, you know, I mean, just an, an hilarious is it too much of a silence of the lambs homage or is this actually brilliant <laughs> like i mean it has robert i robert england with uh you know pus dripping out of his eyeballs so i'd say it's pretty brilliant but i'm glad you um, mentioned that because i actually forgot but i uh, i was laughing out loud at that scene when it was like i was like if they walk all the way down yeah. this corridor and it's the last room on the left and it's and i was like yep they've, they've done it they've really committed to it yeah. <laughs> like that, the thing about the thing. stranger things is when they do their homages they yeah. don't do it subtly <laughs> no no that's the thing they're like oh no 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 we're, we're, we're doing hellraiser we're doing nightmare on elm street we're doing silence of lambs it's like yeah, yeah no we're just doing those things like cool <laughs> Like I'm like yeah I'm cool with that I'm I'm absolutely cool with that you you did it in a really great way I think the whole uh, you know obviously we we knew that Robert England was cast in this season and um, I I'd forgotten going into watching these episodes I don't know about you but I wasn't like sat here ever thinking like when's Robert England showing up when's he showing up um, and so when he did it was like a great moment um, and. I didn't even spot him straight away. And then it was kind of like, cause he was in the shadows for so long. I then saw his profile and it was his profile more than his voice that I recognized. I was like, Oh man, that's Freddie's profile. Hang on. Whoa. <laughs> and like, it was fun. And I think kind of, um, but I would have loved to have seen him more. I think his character was so good. And the fact that we got more of his character 
as a younger actor instead of Robert England is, is a massive shame because you, you've got you've got the goat of of like horror villains right there. Like you know, I want more of him, but um, you know, I, I guess it's good to leave you wanting more, right? I think that's the biggest issue is that yeah you have the goat of horror villains but he's not playing a villain and he's mm. he's portrayed as a villain and obviously that's in service for the twist and so again that goes with what i'm saying of the victor creel stuff and the creel family stuff was good and the only reason why it wasn't as, um, as amazing is because it is amazing in the final episode when you get all those reveals you get that oh victor creel wasn't like possessed by some demon you know it was the sun like that again that's such a good twist and, and it's i really like, hope they have to go back to him you know, um, yeah. they, they, get, they, get, they get word of like what what his origin is. And so Nancy has to go back and interview him again, because I think I think they did a good job of showing like as that scene played out, I was like, oh, no, I'm getting empathy for 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 Robert England here. And I'm 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 seeing seeing his character isn't a villain. You know, mm. as that was going on, you could see that. And, and, and you know, it was a great you know, it was a brief cameo performance, but I thought it was a great performance from him. It, it nailed the character. And I think, like I say, it made me feel sympathy for that character when really it was going into the scene thinking he was going to be a villain and then seeing it Robert England, you, you know, you, you've got the two little bell, bells where you're like, villain, villain, villain. And then, and then like, you know, as the scene portrayed, I think they did a great job of, you know, you stripping that back. Um, that was definitely one of the highlights of the slower middle episodes as well. Because as I yeah. discussed, kind of like the middle of the season wasn't as good, but that was bang in the middle. And I think, mm. like you say, the pairing of Robin and Nancy was a very strong one. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely paid off. I think you, you, I, I think we lost a little bit with Robin um, in the sense of because she's there to make Nancy better, and she did. I did lose that vibe of they had to move on from but i loved the back and forth they had in the ice cream shop in the final season and i think Ooh. getting those reveals and kind of who she is as a character i was excited to see where that was going and then in this one again they do it in like the first episode where it's like oh she might have a love interest and then that just goes nowhere and then she's basically just playing obvious wingman for the rest of the season Ooh. she's just like ah you two love each other you should get together you should get together i don't like him i don't like him you should get together and i and early on i was like okay this is cool by the time she kept hanging at home and they kept doing these references i was like okay robin like i get it like i liked you as an individual character not just as like steve's wingman at this point um, i think the problem but it is funny, well, though. Shit, shit hits the fan so soon yeah. but like obviously like like steve and nancy can have moments because that's established mm. whereas where if eddie was a girl and then robin just starts like hitting on her that mm. would have just felt weird because it's yeah, like, that well, you know, yeah. yeah, like, you, you know, you've got the police coming, you're wanted for murder, like, that would be odd. Whereas, like, Nancy and Steve have got so much history that they can have these moments where, you know, she's just bandaging him up and she looks at him and you're like, oh, shit, you know, and that means something. And so I think that's kind of why it's difficult for Robin's character. I also do feel like the the shadow of, like, Will and his his, you know, secret is kind of like, they don't want to have all this Robin stuff as well to like, you know, kind of, they want the will stuff to hit when mm. it hits. So they almost need to forget about Robin and her love interest because they want kind of like to, they got to do, they, either. They, they did neither. No, I know. No, I know. <laughs> but it kind of feels like, again, like when we get to will given his revealing in episode eight and a half, you know, like <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, this season was kind of trying to get up to that point And it's kind of, yeah, it would be hilarious if we don't get that reveal because I guess kind of like, um, you know, 
going into these final two episodes, like what are you expecting these two final episodes to do? Like wh- where are we going to be at the end of episode nine? I think it's just going to be carnage because I think they've set up for this giant war at this point where it is going to be kind of L. Seemingly now she knows the full story. If if kind of Papa's plan is correct, she will now have her powers again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fully know his motivation in all this because, again, I, I just sl- I switched off so much during that where I was like, I don't really know why he cares. Like, is he... Does he know about Vec- Vecna and he's is he trying to combat that? Like, what's going on here? Why yeah. is he suddenly so intrigued? Like, do you know the answer? Do you know why suddenly he needs L to have her powers back? Like, is he just is he because again, that's why I was like, they're really just reverting back to season one. Like, mm-hmm. okay, does he just want this pet project? Does he just want to control her and have this powerful being again? Because I'm like, we've done all that, and again, I get why they had to resurface it because we're talking about her past, and again, episode seven delivered in a way that. I would have been talking in an extremely negative way about Elle's character arc had I not seen episode seven. Mm. Um, so who knows? Maybe 89 makes it way worse or hopefully, and judging by the fact that it's the Duffer brothers, it'll mm. just be way better. Um, but yeah, I'm really intrigued with the Hopper and Joyce and Murray stuff because I think that their journey has been so incredible just to get to this point. And it's you get that moment of them just seeing each other, which was incredible. But like I say, actually, logistically, they are like nowhere near where they need to be. Well, and so, in yeah, I'm in Russian prison with a demigorgon that's just trapped behind yeah. like one door. Like that demigorgon exactly. is not gone. No, like, and like I say, I'm worried about now that you're saying that there's there hasn't been those stakes. I'm like, oh god, I, I just hope that it's not one of those three that dies in no, Russia. Those, and I feel like it probably three, will be. Yeah, like if I was to say like my top five, mm. I think like well, I don't want to die. I think it would be those three, and then probably like Steve and Dustin. <laughs> yeah, mine would be three Stephen L probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm just like, oh man. Like they're all together, mm. <laughs> like in and, the worst and they're, yeah, and they're in the worst situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'd, I've kind of accepted that Murray's dead for a while, just just to like you know stop well, him to because yeah, he's he's been a good character in the show, but this is his this was his standout season. He yeah. nailed the humor in a way that he never has before, and also the character stuff where everything oh, he did made sense for his him character. As, him as Yuri, oh, it was gold. It, it was so gold. Like I could, I could have a spin-off of him just being a Russian guard, pretending to be a Russian guard called Yuri. Like, well, like it, say, it, actual, how, how well written that whole sequence is, where you've got Murray pretending to be Yuri, who's got Joyce and the real Yuri captive. Mm. He's then being walked through this prison by like the guard, who's then you know taking the piss, going, "Oh, well, let's watch these guys. Oh, you're in for a treat." And he's like, "Oh, what's going on here?" And he's trying to be you know like all ingesting character with Yuri, but he's genuinely worried. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you know, you'll find out. Like, I'm not going to tell you." And then he keeps giving those looks at Joyce, and Joyce is just selling it with just her eyes alone, yeah. where you know that she. He's like, you need to do something. And you know, he's kind of got the gun in his hand in his pocket that he's like touching. And he's like, but what can I really do? Like, just like I say, the, the, the tension of that scene felt like almost like a Tarantino movie yeah. where you've got like all of these cogs working together at the same time. And I'm like, at some point it's going to go down. And yeah, when it did demo comes in, gets its moment to shine, fucking wrecks everyone. God, I, I can't, we don't want to gloss over was, how amazing that's so was. good. I think as well, like, you know, you talk about all that stuff with them, but then you've got Hopper that's like having the last supper getting his mm. vodka, getting the getting the flame you know get, getting the lighter and and like him fashioning like that weapon as well and you and so you know that all of these characters have kind of like got like a little one up but they're still stuck inside a heavily guarded russian prison 
with a demogorgon like you know <laughs> and even like i say now the three of them together that that has not changed they've got a couple of better guns mm. like that's all <laughs> one of the best scenes as well but actually my favorite scene in the middle episodes is when hopper basically gives up and he's yeah. like i've got no hope because his plan went to shit and yuri screwed them over and now or yeah and now the other guy is and enzo is like stuck in the mm. prison with him and it's when he tells him the story of how like this has basically happened to him before where mm. he felt like he could his family and he made the wrong decision and it cost him everything and now he's done it again where he's like i should have just died i should have just spent the rest of my days in this prison but what yeah. have i done i've got my friend and, and this selfish. girl yeah. Yeah. now now ruined the life of this yeah. woman who's Elle's, got children to Elle's motherless. you know mm. I've, I've given Elle a mother and i've now made her motherless you know yeah. and, and i i love joyce yeah exactly it was it was yeah, great that was, I, that was like one of the most emotional scenes i think ever in stranger things so that was yeah. it was so good like I say the highs are so high with stranger things that even in the stuff that i'm like ugh, we're doing this again you know the yeah. whole side story with that goddamn like argyle and jonathan all that shit like and, and the fact that none of that was in episode seven was so good like they just basically ended in six with like oh we've got this address all the comedy for me just didn't work in that stuff of them no, trying no. to get the address and the guy coming up the stairs and all that shit and then like oh the payoff is oh he got stoned with the girl in the van i'm like really and then the fact that they ended and that's the last we've seen of them and they just weren't even in the finale i was like man even the duffer brothers know that this storyline's shit because they're not even going to include it in the last episode of this volume oh yeah they, they just gotta wait until mike gets with l basically yeah, and then hopefully the next will see them is outside the facility <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like okay, right let's actually continue these characters because these characters are good but you put them in such a weird spot right now um i think though like you say some of the highs because i think like max that whole mm. like two episode arc of her being cemented with vic um um with with billy more than anything yeah um where where kind of like i knew that obviously vecna's pulling the strings but i was like part of me because i was like i got to the point where i, where I was thinking because the episode's called dear billy yeah. and obviously she writes the letter to Billy as well, and she's at Billy's grave, and I'm like, right, I know we're getting Billy. Mm. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I'd got to the point, I'd gone through so many different emotions with, with Max and what was going to happen, where I was convinced she was going to die. Then I was like, there's no way she's going to get killed as brutally as these other two. There's no way she's dying. So then I'm like, how is she going to be saved? Because <laughs> she's on a time, she's on a clock. Like mm. any any one of these confrontations with Vic um with Vecna could be the last one. And I'm like, who's gonna save her? And I'm like, it's gonna be fucking Billy. I'm like, there's gonna be some sort of like upside down confrontation where he, he manifests himself and like saves her somehow. Like mm. his his character is gonna get redemption. And then he just is a manifestation of uh, Vecna and is just a piece mm. of shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's great. And then obviously with the music and kind of getting that music, um, you know, into play, it, it's very cheesy kind of how, you know, Nancy and Robin kind of, you know, figure that all out and put it all together. <laughs> but I'm like, that is what Stranger Things is. Oh, there, there are so many moments where they just figure out, like, there's a moment, I think it's in the last episode, or maybe it's episode six, where Dustin just figures out everything perfectly. He's like, oh, he's like I know. Yeah. It's where Vector did all the kills, is where all the gates are. He just fucking, and, or even like the sequence when they're obviously 
have like this is one thing i really liked again in episode seven is we never got to see this much of the upside down and how the rules no. actually work and so to be like oh this is a a snapshot of when will got kind of got taken yeah. so it's like these years behind and then them kind of traveling to the same location and seeing that actual hole of how the physics work between the upside mm. down and how it is this like actual physical connection that you can traverse through like again they the actual fantasy and horror i don't think it's ever been this good because before it's kind of like oh yeah it's fun you know whereas yeah, so i actually think always existed i think yeah. i think you know season one you know obviously we were learning about it season two was with all like the um uh vines and stuff wasn't it being manifested mm. through will and it being like the shadow like like thing and all of that, like the shadow demon, and, and I think that's the weakest of the Upside Down we've ever seen. Mm. And then obviously with Billy in season three and this kind of, you know, weird, like, sludge and these rats that turn into, like, this horrible, like, bubonic plague, like, manifestation was, like, a really cool creature design, but it was in our world. Mm. We, we got very little of the Upside Down in, in season yeah. three, did we? Yeah. Um, you know, whereas with this, yeah, like, you know, you think, like, how many of our characters have now been in the Upside Down? You yeah, know, most like, of them. Because <laughs> obviously, like, Nancy and Steve are still trapped, right? Like, that's that's where they've ended. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Nancy gets pulled into Vecna's nightmare, doesn't she? Yeah. What, what, what does she get put? Oh, by Barb, that was fantastic. Yeah, did I? I did call that immediately, which I was happy about because I was like, mm. the second I saw the swimming pool, I just knew. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. getting the barb moment here, which is great. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was fantastic. And it was like, oh man, so like, and you know, so Nancy and Steve are stuck in the upside down, and I, and I do think that's what will happen. Is I think I feel like majority of our characters are going to be in the upside down, and I feel like Elle's battle with Vecna is going to be in the upside down. Uh, I think I don't think it's going to be in in Hawkins or in any you know any real world. I think it will be in the Upside Down. Um, I really don't know where Joyce and Hopper will be. Like I don't know if now Russian Prison becomes half an episode or it is the whole two episodes. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it could be either. Um, well, the thing I, is, I think I feel like you almost just inadvertently answered a question, which is like, well, how do they get out of there? I mean. Yeah. The answer is the upside down, yeah, right? Yeah. With L, like because that's how he originally got there, and there's no way that we've been led to believe in the show because the plane got destroyed. There's no other pilots. Like how how else would I, the hell would they get out there in the eighties? I like, found the whole Hopper thing a little bit strange as well, actually, because when it was kind of portrayed, it felt like he was still in Hawkins. I felt. Well, like, in what way? So when, when they showed the machine kind of and him getting the little explosion that blows him onto a balcony mm. and, and it looked like then that he hadn't gone anywhere almost and that he was just on a balcony further down and then they, they took him away. Like, like when the season first started, I was like, have they been trolling us with all the promotional stuff? I'm like, is he in fucking Hawkins? you're right but i didn't feel that way at all i was like no we know exactly where he is based upon what they've been showing us for the last well, three exactly, years <laughs> exactly but like i felt very odd by that because because um, i was expecting him to just jump through the upside down and i mm. see him jump through the, the 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 slit as it seals you know almost and then and then kind of you know appears in russia but when he when he got hit with it with the explosion he just got sent down and it was like oh you're still in the lab mate yeah. like I found it odd, and obviously, very quickly, he's in Russia, and I was like, "Okay, fine, like he's in Russia, cool." It's what I it's what I thought from the promotional stuff, but I felt like 
the promotional stuff did a better job of answering that than what on screen actually did when they showed it to us. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good time, isn't it? Like I just, um, you know, I feel like we've spoken about this a hell of a lot and I still feel like I've only really got through like 20% of what's in my brain. Yeah, it shows how incredibly dense the show is. I think there's a lot of shows that don't have this much in it. And so it's mm-hmm. like, man, this is so incredibly dense in terms of, yeah, the characters, which is the thing we come for. I'm kind of blown away because they well exceeded what I ever wanted in terms of Stranger Things lore. Like, mm-hmm. I've never really been that invested in, like, what is the upside down? I was like, oh, yeah, it's there. It's fine. And I think now they've really committed to actually explaining that in a way that I never expected. It's so good. Again, I have to keep bringing it up as, like, the episode seven stuff, how how neatly that tied together, I couldn't believe it because uh, it was like they're answering questions that I never thought I really cared mm. about, mm. and I was like, oh yeah, like it, like now they have explained why there's this program, who's the the big bad, why there's this initial gate, and I was like, man, this is really really satisfying, and, and I think that's cool because we're in season four it's about to finish we obviously know there's one more final season after this, and so I think now what they're doing is kind of. They're protecting the show, I think, for future audiences because I think the and future rewatchers because I think that this now makes it all better. Again, mm-hmm. when you with, this is what we say all the time about sequels in that like the best sequels make what came before it better. Yeah. And I think that this season now, if I were to rewatch Stranger Things season one, I'd have so much knowledge of like where, what the upside down is and what the program is, the L's in and stuff, that it would just make that stuff so much better and so much richer for knowing that information. Um, so, yeah, even with a low in the middle that I had, it just it started so well. The finale was incredible. One of my favorite episodes or the, you know, the fake finale, as it were. Mm. And um, yeah, I just I cannot wait for these last two. I think they're going to deliver massively. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's um, then I'll, then we'll. Then we can kind of talk about it as an overall season because, yeah, we can't yeah, do that right um, now. No, for um, sure. But I, yeah. I would say, though, that Stranger Things is definitely still continuing the trend where I'm like, mm. man, if, if, they, if they get these final two episodes in the can and then give me the bow on season five, like, I can't think of a TV show that I love more than Stranger Things at that point. Mm. Yeah, if they can give me another, like, season, like, th- to go out, I'm just like, man, like, it really is elite then, and it really is then, like, in the conversation. Yeah, you've just got to pray, because it's the uh, the hardest point to stick in the land, and oh, as many definitely. recent TV shows definitely. have seen. Correct, um, but I don't know, I just have, I have, I have way more faith in this, because it feels like it's a smaller story, and we have all the pieces in play, mm. like, already. Like if if the final if we had if, if there were two more episodes and that was it for Stranger Things full stop, I feel like we have all the pieces in play to finish it off. The fact that well, we I was that, though, that. surely that's a bad thing though. Well, I don't know. Like I, I think it, I think they can just tell a longer story, hopefully. But mm. who knows? Like it is interesting. Like is Vecna the season five villain? well no I think, I think the answer is no because like they kind of clearly stated that which i liked where they were like and again this is dustin just saying stuff that you then have to take yeah, as yeah. gospel almost like the name vector that they just call him that and that's now his name um yeah, it's, like, it's my breather it's demogorgon exactly um but he basically says like oh yeah the demogorgons are like the foot soldiers and then vecna is like a high-ranking sergeant that he like you know the mind flayer kind of trusts more and so yeah the big bad is still the mind flayer like that's who's behind all of this um so yeah there has to be that's going to be difficult to pull off because of what that actually is as a concept um mm. and maybe they will just quantify it into something smaller in season five but yeah that's how season five needs to end is is l 
needs to defeat the mind flayer to fully free yeah. you know this this place from this I mean they need to turn they need somehow the mind flayer to manifest itself into papa don't they that's basically what they need to do <laughs> yeah that just oh <laughs> like, I, I, I really like the actor that plays papa but the more he's on the screen the more i just get bored and where i'm like he's not changed since episode one season one well, in my like eyes say, we don't really know his motivation like because okay. because think of his arc he's like mm. experimenting on the these children and trying to get them to have these supernatural gifts and everything else and then suddenly l just rips a hole into like an interdimension and has the upside down so then he gets mm. obsessed with that <laughs> and he like he just completely eliminates all the kid stuff and is like oh I'll just mm. look l up somewhere i don't really care about her now i'm obsessed with this upside down shit mm. and then suddenly now we join him and he's like oh i'm, I'm really invested in l again now yeah and it's like you know just i i don't really get where he's coming from no, he then and again. I hate that. I don't want them to always do this and wait, but it did at least work in this season mm. so far. Is I want them to just wait because they're like, "Oh, trust us, we've got a great reveal for Papa, and it's coming." And it's like, okay, that'll be cool. And if you deliver yeah. on that, then obviously that won't be a problem post that moment. But right now, it is a problem. Like he's not yeah. a good character right now in a show filled with absolutely incredible characters, genuinely yeah. some of the best in TV history. Um, you know. The whole list goes on, but even, like someone like Hopper, man, is just like oh. I can't feel just love when I think of that character because he's the, the way he's kind of changed over the four seasons. He's just absolutely incredible. It's such a well-written TV character that yeah. you could never get this character on film because it needs no. so much time to portray all these different emotions and feelings, um, and just the level of investment you have as a viewer. And yeah, they they've done this with so many characters, but yeah, he he's still definitely one of the standouts. Um, oh, but yeah, sure. in terms of an arc as well. Mm. But yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic season. Good, Cannot wait. Yeah, we'll be talking about it very soon in the coming weeks, next oh, month. So uh, I'm so excited. After talking about it again now, I'm like, oh, do I have enough time for a rewatch? You're just gonna watch all of it again from the start because now you know who Vector is, and now you know how you're not wrong. Are. You're not wrong. <laughs> Back to season one, you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was our discussion on uh, Stranger Things. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we will be right back. So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for the week. Um, but yeah, we'll do a little bit of uh, looking back, obviously, seeing as this is a memento show. A little um, bit of 300. Yeah, even though obviously the main feature was always going to be Stranger Things, that we've been looking to, forward to for a long time, um, it's pretty crazy hitting episode 300. Um, we've obviously done a lot of things over the last six years. Kind of the amount of films is staggering when you really think about it. Um, I've kind of gone over it and had a look to see exactly how many new films we've covered. Um, <laughs> Because obviously we've done so many different specials and shows, and I think sometimes obviously we've done like the ranking Wes Craven. So we've done like I think nine of those at this point, or actually yeah. no, what thirteen, including the screen films. Um, yeah, we've we've done Rob Zombie specials, but then mm. we have a fright fest that's a shit ton of movies in one yes. episode. <laughs> the Saw retrospective. So obviously we talked about seven old Saw films there. Um, but yeah, actually new film conversations, and also not even including when we watched. Um, God, I don't even know. Like Batman. 
Yeah, well, no, because no, that was a headline episode. I'm thinking about, like, when we've gone to see a film at the cinema or a new film and then we've just talked about it on the show, but it wasn't the oh, headline. Oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The it's, not, it's, not the, it's not the that. episode title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, recently, we saw, like, Top Gun Maverick, for example, but I don't even think we ever talked about that. Um, but obviously, we yeah. talked a bit about Spider-Man. We talked about Doctor Strange, didn't we, a few weeks ago? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. movies like that don't count. But I haven't even tried to quantify about what is and isn't horror because like who cares so i'm including everything in this or even stuff like once upon a time in hollywood and, and and stuff that's clearly not horror but then you get these weird films of like was lamb a horror film and i'm like i'm not even going to try and pretend to care about that argument um no. so yeah in in these kind of episodes um we've discussed as the headline episode um 286 new films um yeah. Pretty which yeah is mine so yeah that's all movies that have come out since we started the show six years ago in march 2016 um and of those movies 116 of them we saw on the big screen um so that's pretty mad that we saw yeah like over 100 films at the cinema that that was then the main topic of the of the of the conversation of the show um considering two years of this movie has been two years during this podcast is covid times like yeah. as well like that's a pretty high number of cinema releases definitely well like when like 2018 and 2019 were our two big standouts because we had a shit ton of fright fest as well yeah. um so we did just under 30 films at the cinema each those two years um so that kind of really helped um but then yeah we've had a bunch of different special shows kind of like i said the, the ranking was craven ones that are obviously still ongoing and we will continue Hell to yeah. do that um we've had 12 tv show specials as well um including yeah obviously stranger things before and we'll obviously have another stranger things um black mirror is kind of the most prolific because we did specials on season three four and five um and I obviously we did, did a bandersnatch as well yeah, we did bandersnatch but i guess that's more like a film isn't it because it's like Ooh. a standalone thing um but yeah and then obviously our, our six best ofs and yeah multiple obviously like say bly manor creep show multiple times uh, midnight mass um so yeah, those are kind of like the big highlights of the three hundred, really. Like cheeky, cheeky little um, free from hell special. Yeah, exactly. The, the free from hell spoiler cast. Double obviously, hell. the the uh, the Richard Brake interview, um, which was absolutely would easily one of the highlights still at this moment. Um, and yeah, just so many cool times. Like it's it's been really crazy to think that it's it's almost gone really quick, and also just feels like I can't remember when we didn't do this show at this point. Um, like it's just the way it is now it's like oh yep we're seeing a horror movie i'm going to be talking about it next week um Definitely. <laughs> that's just I the think, way it is now i think like the closer we get to it though one of my upcoming highlights is is thinking about fright fest and seeing mm. what's around the corner there you know i think kind of you know you touched upon it there that like 2018 and 2019 fright fest was a big part of our year for the podcast mm. because it set up a a ton of awesome stuff to talk about in august but also like b like the tail end of our year for 18 and 19 was finding the movies that were at fright fest that we didn't get to see at fright fest and usually like the first um, three months of the next year which is usually yeah, quite quiet as well you know and like waiting for those arrow releases of mm. things they pick up at fright fest and and you know even if we weren't doing flagship episodes like you say title episodes it would just be like oh we're gonna we're gonna talk about life changer every week or we're gonna talk about you know movies that we saw at fright fest that are now getting their releases for the first time and it's mm. like yeah, you know, I kind of miss that that chunk of our podcast that's filled up by having this, you know, cool UK, you know, specific event that puts a spotlight on horror and puts a spotlight on cinema horror and also cinema horror that would never be shown in the cinema in the UK mm. unless it's a Bright Fest. 
yeah. you know, I, I think I think 2019 when we saw, um, uh, oh god, what was the um, shark movie in the um, no, it weren't sharks, was it crocodiles, weren't it in the house? Oh, uh, um, wait, cool. that, got wide, cool. that got a wide release though. No, no, no. That's what I'm going to say. Seeing seeing movies like that were were not what I want to be going to Fright Fest for. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was at Fright Fest 24 hours before it was released in the UK. Like, I don't want to be doing that again for a Fright Fest movie because it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it holds any merit to me. Um, it was fun, like Master and weird shit yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> seeing Pocket Master on the big screen is what you go to Fright Fest for, you know. And seeing these these random ass horror movies, you know, some that have still never seen the light of day in any release <laughs> let alone yeah. on a cinema in the uk <laughs> yeah so i think i think that that's where like you know I, I am looking forward to kind of that kicking in in the next you know month or so kind of getting these announcements and then hopefully getting some tickets yeah well definitely and it's, cause it's been such an important part because it's crazy to think that we did it the first year like mm. it's 2016 we we went to london specifically to see rob zombies 31 at fright fest mm-hmm. and that was where it all started we were just like we're desperate to see this movie on a screen this is the only way we're going to get to see it oh so it's this thing called fright fest and and it just started from there and then obviously we mm-hmm. kind of went to it properly the three years after that and then didn't um obviously during covid and so yeah it would be great to kind of have that as a big part of the show again for sure um Another thing worth noting is pretty funny because obviously out of the 286 new films, um, the first new film that we covered, um, I wonder if you can remember it. Probably not. Um, Because obviously our first episode we did was actually not on a new film. I was going to say it was Cloverfield, wasn't it? Yeah, we were because we were excited for 10 Cloverfield Lane, which we did for, I believe, episode three. um, Mm. We just talked about an old film on the first episode, which seems wild considering our entire prerogative for starting this podcast from day one was to talk about new films. (laughs) We didn't even do it on the first episode. Um, I feel like when we did it, it was almost like we were just trying to make sure that when we talk, we can get this audio recorded which has been yeah. a consistent problem some things never change but you know I, I think it was almost like oh let's just record us talking about a movie that we love and we mm. know that tender cloverfield lane is just around the corner so let's just do it and <laughs> then i'm like and, and then we were like oh this actually recorded like should we try to like release it to see whether all that <laughs> shit works as well it was almost like it was almost just like a stealth release it was it's mm. almost like that was episode zero yeah, it was the backdoor pilot. Um, but then I then I assume we did like Batman versus Superman just because it happened as our first ever movie. <laughs> I think that was around episode five. Um, we did a horror film. We did a a again something that we've only done a couple of times, which is like original it, versus like cabin, remake, Cabin Fever or something. It was it was the twenty sixteen remake of Cabin Fever? Um, I knew that was early doors. Uh, <laughs> man, that was episode two, was it? Yep, so the first new film that we covered, and yeah, it was an absolute abomination of a film. Um, just truly dreadful. And so, yeah, we still <laughs> the right foot. And yeah, then, yeah, we get to obviously last week was the last new film that we've talked about, um, episode 299, where we discussed Men, which was a hell of a lot better. So it turns out horror has got better in the last six years, funny enough. Yeah, um, yeah it just proves it right there. In 300 episodes, <laughs> we've had improvement. Exactly, which is all you can ask for. Um, but yeah, we did have a little bit of feedback, actually actually um so yeah starting with uh cat who says um happy 300th guys um i have no idea what to ask but thanks so much for all the laughs and fun movie geeking over the years uh, long may it continue be be the horror good or awful um so yeah thank you very much cat and that is absolutely a truer statement like you just said as we just touched upon really like 
that's all we can really do is hopefully have a good time talking about these movies try not to get too serious when it kind of gets us down um because yeah it's sometimes it's going to be incredible sometimes it's going to be just a waste of time and just awful and uh, that's out of what hands. the podcast has taught me though is that when we see a terrible movie and i can't then have a conversation about it it's just a terrible waste of my time mm. whereas actually in in recent times some of these terrible movies that we've watched i've then had the best conversation having yeah. fun talking about it um and you know and sometimes when it's a movie that i actually quite like i'm, I'm kind of done like it was mm. good like but it but it you know i haven't got a lot to say about it and so yeah sometimes it's the stinkers that where we can actually have the, the, you know some real fun it is weird right yeah because sometimes you can get really into the nitty-gritty of um i think it was like choose or die this year where i was like i didn't like this movie at all but i can kind of very clearly and funly talk about how i think this movie got it wrong and how mm. it could have been really good whereas in something like the northman that is just so unbelievably spectacular it was more just like the feeling i got watching it and it was yeah. very hard to verbalize why that said feeling was so good to me <laughs> outside even, of just, oh, even God, the, so good. the discussion we just had on stranger things we love it so much that we're gonna nitpick that mm. like will and mike are somewhere else because yeah. we're just like, oh man, it's so good. But yeah, when we're when we're seeing some of this other trash, we're just like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, you know, you you can kind of the gloves are off a bit, and you can just have some fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, next up is from Sean, um, which yeah, he does mention the giveaway here. So we'll touch upon it here, and then I'll I'll finish his feedback, and then we'll obviously explain it properly what the giveaway is. Um, but he says, uh, hey there, Super Horror Bros. Uh, to help celebrate this momentous milestone, I want to sponsor a giveaway for two listeners in the UK and two listeners from the US. Um, all the movies are, of course, podcast favourites. Um, so in the UK, um, one uh, listener will be getting the Good Guys edition of Chucky Season 1 on Blu-ray, which obviously we've talked about that a shit ton. Chucky was incredible, yeah. if you haven't seen it. Um, and another listener will get Malignant on 4K, um, which only just came out over here as well. Um and then on the US side, don't you worry, because you're going to be getting two absolute bangers as well. Uh, one listener will be getting Ty West X on Blu-ray. Again, one of the best movies of the year. Um, and the, another listener will be getting The Northman on 4K. Um, so again, easily two... I mean, there's easily three of our favourite movies of the last two years and one of our favourite TV shows. Yeah, I mean, um, I kind of want to enter, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. I have got Millington sat in front of me, though, but still, <laughs> I want that. I want that good size. <laughs> yeah, if I had a multi region player i'd definitely be entering this um <laughs> but uh yeah we'll, we'll discuss in a second how you can get your hands on those for the listeners so and obviously thank you sean um but he says uh, it's a small way for me to show my appreciation for the podcast um I'll say this, I've listened to thousands of hours and podcasts and hundreds of different podcasts, mostly focused on the horror genre. Um, and Super Horror Bros is one of the three that I would consider the very best out of them all. Um, you have my highest compliments. Keep up the great work. Take us to a thousand episodes. I will be listening, yeah. Sean. Um, so, yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Sean, obviously, for the giveaway, um, which we'll get to in a second. But as far as your feedback goes, yeah, you're, you've been such a long supporter of the show. Um, it's so great that we have so many listeners across the world um you know we've had so many long-term listeners in canada in the states obviously and in the uk i feel like those are kind of like our three big territories um mm. and 
it's it's just great like that is one of those mind-blowing parts of doing this show is that like we're from this small little part in england and the fact that we have like people listen every single week um all around like the world in these major areas and aspects of the world is just mind-blowing isn't it i think it was you know going to fright fest and meeting people that listen to the podcast Mm. and then kind of speaking to people like count in the uk who who are you know following us and then and then like i say then kind of having you know people like sean come along it's kind of you know that's what makes it feel like you know people do listen when we just talk because Mm. there are times and i think in particular in the the covid times when it felt like i was just having a conversation you know just with you and and uh, is there anyone else out there (laughs) yeah and and i think you know it it, you know it's it's getting them getting that feedback that does give me the drive to to keep doing some more episodes for sure you know, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if I've got a thousand in me, Sean, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll just keep going um but yeah thank you so much and obviously yeah for the giveaway these are incredible prizes um so yeah very simple um all you have to do is leave us a review um on your pod- podcast platform of choice um and then, and then obviously just contact us via email or twitter and just let us know like here's my review um and then yeah that you'll be entered into the giveaway um the only other thing as well is make sure to please specify if you are UK or US. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, those will be the only two areas that we can kind of do for this competition, dependent obviously on the, the regions of the Blu-rays. Obviously, like if you're in, I guess, Canada and you can play US one, then that's fine. But yeah, like mm-hmm. it's it's out of our hands, unfortunately. These are just UK and yeah, US we, ones. Be prepared that there are two regions here. We've got UK region giveaway and a US region giveaway. So let us know what you're entering for. Exactly. So that's yeah, pretty simple. I'm going to leave this open for a few weeks after this goes up probably till the end of june um so you definitely have time and uh like i say if you've entered these before because we've done this before and you're like oh i've already left your review so we're on apple Podcasts, spotify is the main two we're also on deezer google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. radio literally if you just google super horror bros podcast we're on about a dozen different platform services and it does not matter which one you leave us a, a review on as long as it's on one of them um and then you tell us which one it's what it is um so yeah and i think you'll have a pretty good chance of, uh, of winning this one um because yeah i want this to go to kind of a an actual listener who has listened for to episode 300 up until this point um we we might potentially open up to to like twitter a later day um but for now i'd rather definitely leave this to people that we know have listened up until this point and yeah just to reinforce kind of in the uk season one of chucky on blu-ray malignant on 4k two incredible prizes and then similarly in the us ty west x and the northman on 4k absolutely incredible prizes aren't they like like you couldn't have asked them anything better if you're a horror fan and you've not seen any of these four things you're crazy because they are I mean, those things of the last two those, years those, those four things i've got malignants on my shelf right now and those other three will be on my shelf one day yeah like, i keep looking at that good guys i'm like oh is it time is it time and then obviously the other two i've got northman pre-ordered and i've got x i think pre-ordered as well yeah and like i said we've we've obviously the first two we discussed loads last year we've already done our shows on those and yeah we will 100 percent be mentioning x and northman come end of year you can absolutely guarantee yourself for that one um so yeah once again thank you very much to sean uh yeah get involved with this giveaway you got until the end of june you have a very good chance of winning some incredible prizes um but yeah and that that's pretty much it really just kind of as a as an end no um and then we'll we'll sort of tease our upcoming schedule but yeah i just wanted to say again another thank you to everyone like it's 
it's wild getting to 300 um it's one of those things that it still hasn't fully sunk in i think once we get past it and it's just the numbers then start trending up again 301 302 mm. man what a crazy landmark that was because i remember when we hit 100 um and we did kind of like our ranking of rob zombie episode and i remember thinking at the time like man this is crazy like we've consistently put out pretty much one a week for two years at that point and i was so proud of that and the fact that we did that and, and we did our mo which was covering new films um and the fact that we've continued to do that up until episode 300 and the fact that people still care and want to listen um and the fact that we still have hype for things we're still excited like there's so much kind of especially with the internet you get so jaded with things and you kind of like Ooh. oh i'm just doing it for the sake of it at this point and i'm like no i'm still we're still obviously we just talked about something that we've been incredibly excited for, for like over three years which was why it was so perfect for episode 300 but then yeah we have jordan peele to look forward to next month we have potentially like hellraiser evil dead return and obviously chucky season two like i cannot wait for that later on this year um so yeah i'm just i'm so excited still for horror and yeah like i say with fright fest as well um and this podcast only kind of like exemplifies that and so yeah thank you to anyone who's ever listened to one show like if this is your first show um thank you for listening up until this point let alone like some of these people that have been here since like the early teens it's just mind-blowing to me and whether you're long-term obviously giving us feedback or you are just like the silent majority like i am with all the things that i consume like i never really email into people and, and say that, that that i appreciate it even though i should especially as a creator because i know how much it means to me um mm. but yeah i just say thank you to everyone really yeah definitely i think that's the thing i'm i'm definitely the the silent listener of, mm. of any other things that i consume and things that i'm fans of i've never once reached out and i think you know that is the majority and so you know it, it you know i i do thank anyone that listens and like you said it's kind of it's crazy to think that we know people that have listened when we were in single digits of the show Mm. um it, it blows my mind like those episodes have long disappeared from the feed you know <laughs> they they still exist somewhere i believe um and uh, oh, not on the internet <laughs> but, um, you know maybe 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 one day maybe one day <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> but um yeah the super horror bro archive has not been open fully yet but yeah it's crazy <laughs> to think that, that they they could still be out there for some people because they were listening at that point yeah um uh, but yeah you know, think someone might have them downloaded on an old iphone somewhere. yeah exactly someone could be like oh hang on yeah yeah i'm gonna listen to that cabin fever episode now. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but uh but yeah like li- listeners new or old it's just a case of like you know let's just carry on enjoying horror and being looking forward to horror and i think that's mm. one of the things when you kind of just went through that list and the fact that we've nearly done 300 kind of brand new movies um in the time of us doing the podcast um you know that just shows kind of how consistent we have been with our mo that we have these fun episodes you know we have Wes craven this is a fun tv episode mm. you know we talk about new tv which aren't even, isn't even counted in that but our yeah. mo is new horror movies and specifically theatrical which again is over a, a, you know a third of what we've you know our podcast and it's just you know I want to keep that consistent and that is still going to continue to be our driving force because I think that's the thing we all know we love horror we we know we love 80s horror we know we love you know things of the past but it's a case of can we still discover that new gem and can we still discover new great horror and I think you know the, the clearly the answer is still yes throughout lockdown pre-lockdown it was at an all-time high in recent years you know coming back at a post lockdown we're weeks away from jordan peele like it, it continues to be exciting and we continue to see great stuff 
For sure. And I think as well, to, to kind of piggyback on that, we, we did get very lucky in the sense that we couldn't have started this podcast at a better time. Like, I fully stand by that even with the delays and stuff, the last six years, I think, has been the best horror's been since the 80s. Um, I, I don't think there's been a better six-year I, I period. Believe, I believe uh, that was our choice. We uh, we chose the right moment in time to release such podcasts. I mean, we really did. Because like you say, we didn't know that, like... The Jordan Peels, the Ariasters, the Mike Flanagan's, you know, the Robert Eggers. We didn't know any of these people existed. Um, and you then they just, know. no, and then they just <laughs> happened to gift us with these uh, absolutely incredible films. Um, so that is why it's so good to be a fan of new horror at this moment. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, kind of our upcoming schedule, pretty uh, tasty. I'm very excited for it. Um, it's looking like we're probably going to do dash cam uh, next week um which has been out for a little while it's obviously the one we've already talked about in the news quite a bit uh, british film um obviously from the from the guys that did host um so yeah looking forward to that one um then we're going to be back in the cinema i think the week after that for the black phone um which i am excited for like i feel like my excitement for it has dampened a bit just because the delays and uh, i feel like had we caught this one in january it would have been great um but i don't want that to kind of happen my experience when we do finally get to see it um so very yeah, much I'm, looking I'm forward to that very excited for it i think it's um I, as it gets closer and closer i get more and more excited about it to be honest i remember yeah. how much i love that story mm. and and when i when i originally kind of listened to that short story i i really loved it and it resonated and i don't remember i don't know about you but i don't really remember it other than no parts but i just remember very much enjoying it so it's it's still gonna you know i don't know how much will click into place as i start the movie but i'm yeah i'm very much looking forward to seeing it on the big screen well the one thing i do remember is there's nowhere near enough content for a fully fleshed out you know feature length film so like yeah even though we've read the story i think we know less than 10 percent of what's going to happen in this film. yeah i don't um, remember like the sister and stuff or the 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 sibling that's kind of doing her whole like searching for him while he's trapped like or whoever that young child is like i don't remember that in the uh in, in the in the in the book so i can't remember anything to be honest about it but it was yeah. very good um but yeah and then we've kind of got another a few more things obviously stranger things will be coming up in the next few weeks as well but um the obviously the david cronenberg movie crimes of the future i don't really know what's going on with this one because it did get a small theatrical release in the states um and so i know people have seen it over there but yeah it never got any sort of of cinema release in the uk um and i thought it was going to be like one of those ones that it was yeah limited theatrical and then straight away on demand but like i looked over the weekend and it's not available on anything still um in the states or over here so yeah i don't know i thought we'd already be seeing this one in the coming weeks like we, we've definitely got dash cam and black phone before that so maybe in a couple of weeks it'll be a available but if not yeah we'll uh, we'll have to wait on that one because i really want to see that like it's just i'm so in the mood for that like that's definitely if i could watch any of these right now i'd be like yeah put that new david cronenberg goodness in front of me i'm ready just for some weird shit right now um <laughs> so yeah looking forward to that one in the coming weeks and then obviously yeah we'll be talking about stranger things before you know it we'll blink and we'll be uh, discussing it yet again which yeah. is very nice after such a long time away um but yeah, that was uh, episode 300. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Through my